we've been talking about a series called We Can't Stay Here. We can't stay where we are. And I was thinking about our culture, that right now many people would say that things are changing and things are going faster than they ever have in history. Some people push back on that. I don't know. But let's just say this. Things are changing quickly. More than ever before, technology is changing, you know, at a rapid pace. More than ever before, people are um, changing jobs, are moving across cities and countries, are doing things that would have never taken place. My dad, out of college, went to work for a company and stayed there for the rest of his life. Retired at that same company. That just doesn't happen anymore. People have to move from company to company and you have to readjust and there's all this change that is taking place, right? And change is happening more and more and it's happening faster than we've ever experienced it. I don't know if that's true for you. Anybody have a little change going on in your life? Everybody, right? Everybody has changed. We have ladies giving birth and we've got new babies everywhere. I mean, there's people buying and moving. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. Change is always happening around us. And we've been talking about how we can't stay here. I think intuitively we know that. We know we can't stay where we are, right? Right where you are. That things are changing. Things are moving. If we stay here, everything still changes around us. That we have to be proactive, that we have to take responsibility for our lives, that we have to do something, you know, with intentionality. That we can't just stay here. First week, um, Andy gave a good recap, and then he went into talking about that we can't stay here, that we have to expand ourselves, um, that we have to move, that we have to believe God for big things. He said we have to leave behind small thinking. Right? And think big because we have and serve a huge God. I mean, He's massive. He created all things, He holds all things together. He stands outside of space and time. Yet, He cares for each one of us and is in all places at all times. He is huge. You can't describe Him, you can't imagine how awe and wonderful our God is. And so we, as his creation, he created us to think big and believe for big things. That was, the, that was that first week. And then we talked about how each of us, we can't stay here. We need to grow. And that gr- to grow, it takes, it, it takes us intentionally growing. We don't grow just by chance. We have to give ourselves the right things to grow, right? Yeah. We have to leave behind, the scripture encourages us to leave behind immaturity. Man, that one hit hard. I remember it. Didn't that hurt a little? Leave behind immaturity? That hurts a little. When, when somebody tells you, leave behind those ways that are immature. And we all have them. We all have our, our, our things that we kind of hold on to that, you know, that aren't really mature, right? And the scripture tells us, leave those things behind. Walk in the way of love into fulfillment within Christ. That was pretty strong. And last week, it was our service Sunday, and we talked about leaving behind mediocrity, that we, that we serve with excellence, that we serve an, an awesome God, a loving God, and we do it because, man, it's just such a privilege to serve God and to serve his people because he loves 
his people. And we serve with a heart of love and with a, with a heart of overwhelming gratefulness and thankfulness that we're alive and that, we're, that God loves us. And we, we, I mean, gosh, we live good lives. Even with all the things that press against us, we live good lives. We serve a good God. And change is always going on around us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to resist it. We can't stay here, but sometimes I just want to. I just want to hold on, stop. It's all happening too fast. Our culture, cultural values are changing too quickly. You know, sometimes, don't you feel that? Man, you know, I'm thinking of my daughter. Is she in here today? She's not. No. I'm thinking of my daughter, and I just think, man, culture is changing quickly. And the expectation to, to wait until you're married in our culture is not there. We need to be different than culture. That's, that is a high expectation in my family. There's so many things about culture that are changing so quickly. But we as Christ followers, we as the church, we as leaders have to hold a standard that is higher the, the scripture talks about how we're in the world, but not of the world. And there's some, you know, if you get into the theology of that, there's some in- interesting things. But the main thing is that, yeah, we're here. But we can't just go with the flow. We can't just do what everybody else is doing. That's not how we need to live our lives. We're called to a higher standard. We have to set the pace and set the way. We moved, um, it's about 10 years, from Texas to Australia and um, we, we had, an, at that time, about a, just over a year old daughter. That was Ava. And we decided, okay, we're doing this. So for five months, we went from California to Texas to Florida, meeting with people and asking them to partner with us for our mission to go plant a church in Australia. And so we've got this, you know, little baby. We're carting around the nation, um, raising funds. It's fun staying in people's homes from place to place. Uh, so for, we did that for about five months. During that time, miraculously, unintentionally, we became pregnant. I mean, you know, the, we do know how this works. Um, <laughs> we did understand the, the whole, yeah, how that, that happens. But it, it, it wasn't like, okay, we're going to move countries and be pregnant. That wasn't our plan. Um, but that's what happened. And it actually happened just before we did the five months. So when we left um, for Australia, we had an 18-month-old child, and my wife was five months pregnant. And we're moving to a new nation. We sold everything we own, and we're moving to a new place. And we're just like, okay, we're all in. We're, we're going for it, right? And when we got there, we're, we're in the, we lived with some friends for, well, new friends for three weeks, and then found our place, and we we're moving everything in, starting a church. Everything changed. Everything was going crazy. And I just wanted to hit the pause button, or, and just stop, you know, breathe, take it in. But you can't hit the pause button. There is no pause button in life. You know, some people want to isolate themselves, you know, when they get overwhelmed. Isolate, isolate, isolate. Push everybody away. 
but things still are happening. You can lay in your bed and act like nothing's happening around you, but things are still changing. And you're changing. You're, you're not changing for the positive. You're actually atrophying. When you're not growing, when you're not moving, when you're not being intentional about where you're going, change is still happening around you. And if you, if you don't take control of it, you never know where you're going to end up. Not all movement is good movement. You know, we, this last summer, spent a lot of time up in uh, North Carolina, and we, we went on this, this river. We get these tubes. Anybody gone tubing? Love it. Love tubing, right? So we get on, all the kids, everybody. Um, the first, when great, first time, I'm, I'm helping Grace, right? But she, she gets it eventually. But we jump in, and we're going down. Now, if I just went with the current, I would end up on top of rocks. I would end up going backwards off one of those little, you know, four-foot drops or two-foot drops and ended up knocking my head. Or, you know, there, there's all kinds of dangers. I'd end up in a pool off to the side sitting there and everybody else is downstream. There's all kinds of dangers with just going with the flow. That's true in life. Not all movement is good. We can't just go with the flow. Just let it take us, let culture, let you know, whatever's going on around us, take us wherever it's going to take us because you will end up falling off a waterfall or on top of rocks or, or isolated off to the side. We have to take responsibility for our lives and for what God has given us. We can't stay here, but we can't just go with the flow because you never know where it's going to take you. You never know where you're going to end up. Paul addresses this in a lot of his writings to the different churches. It's interesting. Paul was often writing people in cultures that were very, very different from a biblical worldview. And he, 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 felt he was commissioned by Jesus to take the gospel to the Gentiles, people who were not Jewish, um, as well, Jewish as well, but the Gentiles. And he writes over and over and over again throughout his writings, exhorting the new followers of Jesus, the new converts in these young baby churches to not live like you've been living, to not live like everybody else is living, but to live like this. He sets a standard for them to live, live like. And he says it over and over. He talks about how they've been removed from this world. He, he, he says, you've been redeemed. You've been renewed. I have set you free. I've, I've made you new. Talking about Jesus. Over and over and over again, Paul talks about this. That you are set apart. Don't think like you used to think. think let your mind be renewed. Think differently. And a great example of that is when Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, to the Ephesian people. It's interesting. Ephesus was the fourth largest and most influential major city in the world at that time. Um, It was right behind, of course, um, Rome, Alexandria, Egypt, and Antioch. And then um, 
then came Ephesus. And it was, it was the, the historians think, over three, 300,000 people. It's a big city. And they worshipped Diana, and they, they worshipped all kinds of things. They had wizards there. They had sorcerers, witches, astrologers. They had people who divined, you know, um, entrails, like got entrails and, you know, came up with a, you know, a, what do you call it? A fortune off of it. Thank you. And so it, it, was, it was very counter to a biblical culture that Paul was trying to set up. And he writes to the Ephesians. If you, if you look here in Ephesians 4.17, it'll be on the screen. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. He's saying, with authority of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you this, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Saying, don't harden your hearts like the Gentiles have. Don't be ignorant. Ignorant is unwise or unknowing. Don't have futility of thinking. Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to this um, sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. God has called us to be separate. He's called us to a higher standard. He's called us to live differently than everybody else in the culture around us by the standards that we find in the scriptures that are clear. He says they had lost their sensitivity. Lord, keep us from that. Keep our hearts soft. Keep our hearts open to your word. Isn't that what we, we want? Yeah. We want God to be able to, to, in those times, prick our heart when we're not going the right way. What happened was they knew what was right. There's something in us that knows what's right and wrong. But they hardened their heart. They lost sensitivity. We have to keep that there to live this life. Or we will find ourselves up on the rocks. We'll find ourselves falling into things that we never wanted to, never thought we ever would. You, he goes on to say, you were taught with regard to your formal way of life to put off your old self, which was corrupted in, de, in your deceitful desires, but to be made new in an attitude of your minds, that we renew our minds, we, we allow God to change the way we think and to put on our new self, created to be like God in true righteousness, and holiness. He goes on to say, put away unwholesome talk. Put away gossip. Put away all that stuff. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Get rid of that. It should have, it should have no part of you. That shouldn't be there. And if it is, get rid of it. It's not helpful to you or anybody around you. Just put it away. Get rid of it. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Follow God's example, therefore, as dear 
dearly loved children and walk, I love this, such a beautiful image, walk in the way of love. And we know what that is. We do. We know what that is. We know when we're not walking in the way of love, don't we? Sometimes we know we're not walking in the way of love and we just do it anyways. I know I've been there more than once. And that's where you got to stop. Take a step back. Breathe. Ten seconds. Walk in the way of love. Just let, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice of God. What an incredible scripture. It goes on to talk about how we need to, continues to talk about how we need to walk in love. It talks about how we need to walk in unity of faith with one another. That we need to walk in wisdom that comes from God. That we need to be different. Really, when I think about this, I think that each of us need to lead and not just follow. As Christ followers, you know, maybe you don't see yourself this way as a leader, but you are. We have to lead in the way of righteousness. We have to lead in the way of purity. We have to lead in these things. We have to lead and not follow. We are called to lead in our culture in our families, we're called to leave. Not just, we're called to not just go with the flow, but to set the course. When you answer the call to Christ, here's the big idea. You leave behind the right to be like everyone else. When you answer the call to Christ, a call to lead, you leave behind the right to be like everybody else. It's no longer your right. You leave it behind. You recognize, I am called to a different path. I am called to the way. It's a different way. I am called to walk in righteousness, in holiness, in love, in forgiveness, in compassion. I'm called to be different. We can't stay here. We have to leave behind those things. Hang with me for a sec while I grab something. I want to do a little illustration so we, we get it clearly. Hope you like my emojis. <laughs> we, can't, we can't stay where we are. As, as leaders, as Christ followers, we're called to leave behind bitterness. If bitterness is there in your heart, you have to say, God, it's not supposed to be there. I know that. I know it's not supposed to be there. It's there. Don't ignore it. Don't say it's not there. Get help. Ask for help. Surrender it to the Lord. But let's take care of it. It's not supposed to be there. Rage and anger, if that's there, Don't ignore it. Don't squash it. Say, God, own up to it. Take responsibility. God, I need help. And find somebody to help. Greed. Anybody anybody struggle with greed every once in a while? I know I do. I mean, I I think that is one of the things that I think every human runs into is greed. 
man, we just want more, especially in our culture. More, more, more. This beautiful five-bedroom house is not enough for me. I need to leave in, live in that neighborhood. It's got a golf course and it's gated. Come on, really? Yeah? Self-centeredness. Right? It's a little pig with a crown. I don't know about you, but when life starts kind of piling on, it's easy just to focus on you and your problems. And then all of a sudden your problems become bigger than they are. You know what helps is to stop being self-centered, to stop being selfish and to look outside of yourself. A lot of us have a victim mentality that the world's against us. It's not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. I think God says, hey, no, take responsibility. Yeah, bad things have happened. Yeah, they weren't your fault, but you can't blame everybody else for where you are now. We choose to live differently. We choose the path that goes before us. We direct our lives. We don't go with the flow. We blame, play the blame game, blame everybody else. We have to leave those things behind. Unforgiveness, it's a huge one. You know, unforgiveness doesn't affect the, the person, it affects you the most. We have to forgive. And the scripture actually is pretty tough on this one. It says, as I have forgiven you, forgive others. And, and it, it actually goes on to say, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. Yeah, ouch. This is, this is, a, this is a deal breaker. We have to forgive, even if we don't want to. Fear and hate, we have to put behind us. We can't propagate fear and hate. You know, they, we look at our, our political landscape right now. And this is, this is one of the things that is being propagated. We, we have to be different. We can't propagate this. Selfishness, let's put it behind. Now we have a, a put-on box. The scripture kind of describes what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take these things off and leave them behind. And the scripture talks about how we're supposed to put on other things. And I'm going to say it in a way that we need to lead in these types of things. We need to put them on, and then we need to live them out. We need to lead in morality. We need to be the leaders in our culture in morality. We need to lead in forgiveness and generosity. Yeah? Yes? Don't we? Isn't this, isn't this what we should be doing? Leading in forgiveness and generosity? Absolutely. We need to lead in holy living. This is something that's changed in our culture. People who desire to live holy are labeled as weird. Why would you want to do that when you can do all this fun stuff? What? Are you kidding me? This is the good stuff. This brings life. This brings peace. This brings fulfillment. We need to leave in love and unity. We need to lead in wisdom and hope. We need to bring hope. When we come into a place, bring life, bring hope, bring faith. Everybody will change around you. We need to lead in faith. Yes? yes. We need, th these are things that we should be the leaders in. 
As Christ followers, we are called to lead in our culture. We're called to bring faith. We are called to leave behind small thinking. We're called to leave behind mediocrity. We're called to leave behind childish ways. We are called to walk as leaders in these things. Come on. Come on. thinking sometimes it's, it's tough to lead. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith. But God has called us, each and every one of us, to leave and lead in our homes, especially families. But if you're single, you're called to lead in your house. I was taken back um, when I became a Christ follower, really dedicated my life to Jesus at 17 and started pursuing him. Um, my whole life was changed and my parents at that time went to church but they weren't going to a Bible study they weren't doing a lot of the, the other th- and all of a sudden once my life changed they started seeing it and thinking whoa he's different what is going on and all of a sudden my dad is starting to attend Bible studies I was like I mean this is this was big you know, and he's been going to this, this Bible study for the last 20 years now, or 25 years. How, how long has it been? 17. I'm, I'm, I'm making myself a lot younger than I am. That's great. But you can make a difference in your family by how you live, by how you lead, in your workplace, in the community. We're called to make a difference. Great leaders make everyone else around them better. We're called to walk in a way that elevates, that lifts, that brings faith, that brings hope, that encourages, that builds people up. We're called to make a difference in the lives around us, in our families, in our workplaces, in our community. It's a high calling. It's a high calling. And it, to, to walk differently than everybody else sometimes takes courage, especially, you know, some of you uni, the college students here. To walk differently than everybody else takes a lot of courage. But God will come right in the midst of that, and you will be surprised at what he does. In your workplaces, it takes courage to stand up for Jesus and to stand up for righteousness and to say, hey, no, that's not okay. I'm not going to take part in that. But when you do that, when you do that, God shows up, and he makes a difference in the people's lives around. You will have an impact on the people around you. We've been talking about how we can't stay here. And really, one of the best ways to not stay where you are is to embrace and walk in community. Would you agree with that? It's hard to be different alone. Seriously, yes? It's hard to be different all by yourself. We have to embrace community. That's why coming to church is so important. Even more important, Andy might not like I said that. (laughs) Pastor Andy, he's going to listen to this. Is, is that through the week, we get together and we do life together. 
it's not just a one event on Sunday. This is so important to be here. But that we continue this through the week. And that's why here at High Point Church, we place a high value on life groups. Those are our small group Bible studies that meet weekly, you know, to come together, to encourage one another, to exhort each other, to pray, to study the Bible. It's a time that we come together and it's really to share life and to build community. Life groups are a perfect place to bring friends and family who are seeking or who maybe who haven't been connected to a community or haven't yet experienced a touch from God or the life of God. It's a perfect place to bring them in where they can meet other people who are, who are walking differently. And they say, oh, hey, that might be a better way. Because it is. That might be a better way. I can get connected with them. That's how it happens. This next week, this next week, life groups are starting. Next Sunday. So you got one week to find a group, get in a group, and be ready. In one week, our life groups are starting. We have our, our launch coming up. Every year, we do two rounds of life group. We go through um, the spring, and then we go through um, the fall. And so our round of life groups are starting. And I just want to encourage you, find a life group. I'm going to give this commitment to you. If you get in a life group, you will not be disappointed. You won't. It's, it may be a little uncomfortable at first if you've never gone to a life group, if you've never gone to a group with other people there. It may be a little uncomfortable at first, but it's the best. Once you start doing it, you won't want to, you won't want to go back. And that, I believe, is where the greatest life change often happens, is in a community of believers that you're connected with, that you share like values and, co and common goals. And that's, I, I believe, where some of the greatest life happens.